Welcome to a Hope Alive Church podcast, where we strive to be an authentic family of believers, where we believe everyone can encounter the living hope found only in Jesus Christ. We hope you enjoy the word. We want to welcome you to our morning 10 a.m. service. Amen. If you're here for your first time today, we want to welcome all of our first-time guests. Come on, church. Let's make them feel welcome this morning. Amen. We really are grateful, truly grateful. Maybe you're here because your mom drug you to church this morning. Maybe you're, you're here because your kids drug you to church this morning, moms. I don't know what it is. But whatever it is, we're so glad that you are here. Once again, let's honor all of our beautiful moms in the room today. Come on. If you're sitting next to one, tell them I love you. Come on. Happy Mother's Day. Amen. We are also mindful that for many, they don't have their physical mom here this year. Some, this is the first year they don't. Some, they are are missing their mom extra today. I even want to recognize those that have struggled to become moms or maybe you've lost a child and I want you to know today the Lord has captured every tear you have cried in a bottle he has stored your tears and he has seen your tears and I also want to tell you we love you we're praying for you and I promise you we will understand it all better the old song says by and by we cannot fully understand it always here but I do want to recognize those many moms. So can we just let them know we're here to support them this morning? We really are. If you're here for your first time, would you just text the word guest to the number on the screen behind me? We just want to recognize you. We just There's a live person on the other side of that text. And sometimes people are hesitant to greet one another in person, but through digital forms of hospitality and ministry, we use whatever form we can, Brother Paul, to reach them for the message of the gospel. And so whether that be through text or social media, many of you are watching this morning via YouTube, Facebook, maybe you're watching even in an overflow room this morning. Either way, we're so glad that you're here with us. Let's welcome our guest one more time today. Amen. Yeah. I want to give you a few announcements really quick, and then I am so honored to uh, welcome my wife uh, to come and bring the word today. We're so excited to hear from her this morning. Amen. So excited. Before I do that, if you uh, can mark your calendar, make plans, take out your phone, block off Wednesday night, and make sure you're here in service with us this coming Wednesday. A friend of mine, a powerful man of God, uh, pastors Power Church in Amarillo, Texas, he will be here with us, Manny De Los Santos, and I'm telling you, by the time you, if you miss Wednesday and you come back Sunday, there might not be a building left because he will preach the fire down. And I'm so excited. You, if you hear me, I do not put people in front of you that I don't wholeheartedly believe you can grow and benefit from. And Pastor Manny is one of those. He is going to bring a powerful, dynamic word. If you're sick, if you're broke, if you're feeling sick and broken in heart, if you're addicted, if you're struggling, Man, you want to be in the room because his whole, his whole vision, his whole call is to operate in the power of God 
and thus the name Power Church, so you don't want to miss it. Wednesday night, make sure you're with us. Also, I want to invite you today uh, to go back, maybe after this service, our Hope Kids. Man, they are filling up for their summer camp, and they are doing a special project back in Hope Kids, and so I want to invite you to go to the back. That's back through the, the lobby area and through that door. You'll see a big opportunity to support them right on your right hand side. There's some envelopes with some numbers on them from anywhere from $11 to $5 um, up, up to 30. I think there was still a few of those left, but how many knows we can bring in more kids in our community to come and learn about Jesus in a summer camp if we can support these programs and so our goal is to really bring we don't want to turn any student everybody say no students we don't want to turn any students away and we want to do everything we can to make sure every kid gets to hear the gospel of jesus christ this summer during our hope kids camp so it's a great opportunity this coming saturday also uh, i believe I, frank is coming this coming saturday our men's ministry let me hear my guys make some noise this morning men amen yeah we all have we always have to make sure we're doing it manly we're like yeah yeah ooh, ooh, you know but uh, uh our men get together once a month to have lunch have breakfast Um, and Jesus Mata and Frank Martinez is one of our leaders and I've invited him just to take Frank now if you preach the whole time then Martha's not and she's going to be mad at me so you got to I invited him to come and take just a few minutes to invite the men can we hear it for Frank Martinez and Jesus all of our men's ministry leaders Cliff knows I like to talk so that's why he told me to keep it short (laughs) you're right (laughs) Uh, first of all, I want to say Happy Mother's Day with all of my heart to all you ladies out there. I am living proof that God listens to a mother's prayers. Um, it wasn't long ago that I would only drive from Midland to Odessa to drink of the fire water and to raise hell. Now I drive from Midland to Odessa to drink of the living water and to raise the name of Jesus. So he does, he does listen to you, mothers. Keep keep praying for your sons. Um, Keep lifting them up. Fellas, I want to invite y'all this Saturday, May 20th at 1 o'clock. We'll be back in the youth uh, room in the back. We ask that you park on the side here because there will be a wedding here. There will be another man raising a family, aiming them towards Jesus, and we will be praying for them. Um, if, If you're like me and you've struggled, you feel lost, let me tell you, you're not lost. You may just be stumbling. So we need to get together and lift each other up. Um, we'll fall, we'll fall, but we need our brothers to lift each other up and help each other out. So I want to invite y'all, and I want to make it perfectly clear that there, you don't have to be bald and gray-haired. Right? <laughs> That's kind of the things that caused this, you know? <laughs> Bring your young men, too. They're our future. Um, we need them as well. Invite one. Bring your, bring your son. Bring your neighbor's son. Bring them along, because we need them as well. So join us. Um, Food services is going to feed us lunch, so we'll be blessed in that. Thank you, Alton. Um, Love you guys, and hope to see you then. That was great. 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 Men, make sure you come out. Pastor Martha is coming. I'm so excited for her to come on this Mother's Day and bring a a holy, strong word to us this morning. You know, uh, I'll say this because this is really true. You pull on the gifts inside of of a minister, a speaker, 
And, and so pray and, and, and receive what is on the inside of her because I know firsthand the enemy has been fighting her all week, even as a few days ago, just fighting her mentally to deliver this word. And so I always, I don't know if this is just the, the rebel in me or the troublemaker in me or maybe, well, I don't know what it is, but I'm excited at the opportunity of a fight because there's something good the the enemy knows we're in store for. Heaven is working. And so when heaven is working, I know hell wants to oppose. Stretch your hands towards Pastor Martha as she comes. Father, we bless her. Come on, church. We bless her. We thank you, Lord, for the vessel that she is. We thank you, Lord, for the opportunity for us to receive what you have spoken through her. Deliver your word through her, God. Let her be a a mouthpiece, Father, to trumpet your voice into the earth, Lord. Today we believe strongholds will be broken. Come on, somebody. Today we believe bonds will be loosed. In Jesus' name we pray. And everybody said amen. Come on, let's receive Pastor Martha as she comes today. Thank you. Thank you. Well, like everyone has said already, happy Mother's Day to all. Uh, you came from a mama, and mamas, we're, we got the fight, right? So happy Mother's Day to you. I am honored to get to share the word with you uh, today. He's not lying. Literally last night, 3 o'clock in the morning, I had been feeling fine. I dipped, oh, we helped dip 1,200 strawberries yesterday for a fundraiser. I'd been feeling, I took a nap, I had good dinner, and then literally 3 o'clock this morning, here comes the enemy just knocking at the door. But I am ready. No matter what he tries to throw my way, we are delivering this message. Are you ready? Good, good, good. Well, have you, um, Pastor Brandon literally tried to preach my entire message this past Wednesday. And um, I have known that I'm going to be, be preaching on Mother's Day. And I've been praying and asking God to give me a word. And all he told me was to talk about waiting. And lo and behold, what does Pastor Brandon preach on this, just this past Wednesday, was waiting. So obviously God is doing something because in the waiting, it's where we always find ourselves, right? When you're waiting on God to answer a prayer and maybe you're, you've been in a position where you're just like, God, when are you gonna intervene on my behalf? Where are you at? Anybody been there before? We all have, right? That's our walk. And oftentimes when that happens, we become discouraged and uh, we feel like our prayers aren't being heard and God isn't going to hear us. And I heard a great man one time say where there was this lady telling him, like, I've been praying and praying and it just feels like God can't hear me. And this minister said to that woman, he said, why don't you just cuss at God? And she was like, I can't do that. He's going to hear me. (laughs) So she said, and he said, well, why do you think that he would hear your bad words? over your prayer and talking to him. I want to tell you today that God hears you. Amen? Amen. Well, it's, but still it's normal, right, that we're going through this. We sometimes feel like God doesn't care. And then in Philippians chapter 4, verse 13, we know it. You probably have it tattooed on you somewhere or it's hanging up in your home. It says, I can do all things through Christ who strengthens me. And here we're thinking, you know, being buff and having all these muscles, but that is not what it's talking about. It's not talking about the fight, you know, being able to be bold enough to go for this business venture or uh, doing a difficult task, right? This scripture is talking about um, how we can find joy and contentment when things aren't going well, when they are not going well, okay? 
And you do need God's strength. The Bible talks about how the joy of the Lord is your strength. How do you find joy when you're going through it? You may not want to be completely honest with me. You may, uh, uh, or, or in this very moment, but we have all gone through it. Life happens. It's tough. It's hard. And waiting for God to complete a work is probably the hardest thing we do as Christians, right? Um, we've, uh, I told, I told someone the other day, I mean, it's not just hard, it downright sucks because you're, you're, you're wanting God to do something for you and you're praying for this thing to happen and we want it to work out this way, but does it always? No. And does that mean that God isn't working for us? No, it doesn't, right? And we're going to learn a little bit on what to do while you wait. It is a part of our journey. Maybe you're waiting for a healing in your body. Maybe you're waiting on a relationship to be healed and restored. Maybe you're waiting for this pain to be gone. Maybe you're waiting for your mental health to be restored or a financial health to come within your business and your home. But what if I told you today that you can't rush the waiting. Turn to your neighbor and say, I can't rush the waiting. Okay. So, uh, you know, here on Mother's Day, we're going to call it out pregnancy. Can you rush pregnancy? No. Should you? Uh, no. Okay. There is a time frame that that baby's got to cook inside of you, right? It, you got a whole oven, the bun is in there and you got to let it rise. Okay. Um, my, so we have four kids, our last, uh, baby, the first three, um, I was induced, okay, and uh, really because Cliff wanted to know when that date was going to be, he did not want to be surprised, <laughs> right? And so uh, but the, with Chase, I was like, God, I'd love to go into labor. Can you help me do that? I was 26 weeks pregnant when I went into labor. Those of you that don't know, you should be pregnant for about 40 weeks. So he only had about half the time uh, to be cooking. And I was like, okay, God, maybe I should have been more specific. I'd like to go into labor when he's ready to come, right? And so it was such a scary time. I had to go through, I had to be on bed rest for 20 weeks, okay? Um, I, I did mind, but I didn't mind because I got to just sit and watch TV. And that is my favorite thing to do. It is my favorite. I will, I will take naps and watch TV all day long. But it was still frustrating because what I wanted to do, I couldn't. Right? There's still limitations. And so um, you can't rush the process, right? We can't rush this waiting. Thankfully, God showed up and he, uh, he stopped the labor. God really did. He restored my body. Um, and then I was able to carry Chase all the way to 40 weeks and deliver him in labor. I actually went into labor on a Wednesday night here at church. Pastor Craig was preaching and I was in the back crawling. <laughs> and then I said, you know, after four kids, you kind of have the rhythm, right? Because when you get in the hospital, you can't eat, Right. And I was like, you know what, before we go, let's go to Texas Roadhouse. I'll take a steak and some shrimp and some rolls. And I'm like, go, I'm having literal labor pains. And I'm like, wait, okay. And I'm eating. And then we get there. And the next morning he was here. It was a beautiful time. Thank God for pregnancy, right? Thank God for healing. <laughs> 
you can't rush the waiting. And the same way you can't rush that process, you also can't rush your process in growing both physically, spiritually, and mentally. In the Bible, we hear about people that waited for long periods of time and still trusted God through it. Did you know that Noah waited, uh, where's he at? Noah waited 120 years for rain. A hundred and, I mean, he was 600 years old, but still he waited 120 years for rain. Abraham waited a hundred years. You know, Father Abraham, he is the father of our faith, right? He waited a hundred years before he ever had a kid, a son. Well, the, you know, God's promised son, but he was a hundred. The Bible says that Joseph um, was thrown into slavery and imprisoned and all this stuff. And he waited 13 years in prison and, and through slavery for a crime he didn't even commit. We learned that Boaz, he waited years for his Ruth. I want to tell you right now, I know the waiting is awful and I know the waiting hurts. But it is a part of our process. And I want you to also remember that God cares about you and what you're going through. But what do we do when God hasn't completed a work? Well, um, Apostle Paul was writing to the church in Philippi. He was actually, you know, it, they, they say that he was uh, imprisoned at the time Paul was. And uh, the church of Philippi sent him a gift and he wrote them a letter basically telling thank you. And we're going to read about this Philippians 4 where we just talked about verse 13. But we're going to go up and look at the contents. In verse 6 it says, don't fret or worry. Instead of worrying, pray. Let petitions and praises shape your worries into prayers, letting God know your concerns. Before you know it, a sense of God's wholeness, everything coming together for good, will come and settle you down. It's wonderful what happens when Christ displaces worry at the center of your life. Verse 8 says, summing it all up, friends, I'd say you'll do best. By filling your minds and meditating on things true, noble, reputable, authentic, compelling, gracious, the best, not the worst, the beautiful, not the ugly, things to praise, not things to curse, put into practice what you learned from me, says Paul, uh, what you heard and saw and realized, do that and God who makes everything work together will work you into his most excellent harmonies. Verse 10 says, I'm glad in God, far happier than you would ever guess, happy that you're again showing such strong concern for me. Not that you ever quit praying and thinking about me, you just had no chance to show it. This is again Paul talking to the church in Philippi. Actually, I don't have a sense of needing anything personally. He says, I have learned by now to be quite content. Everybody say content. With whatever my circumstances, I'm just as happy with little as with much and with much as with little. I have found the recipe of being happy, whether full or hungry, hands full or empty. Whatever I have, wherever I am, I can make it through anything in the one who makes me who I am. That is where we've seen, right? Philippians 4.13, I can do all things who gives me strength. And so what do you do while you're waiting? Here we say number one. Okay. And one more time. Here we say number one. I want you to pray while you wait. Okay. Praying while you wait. In verse six through seven, it says, instead of worrying, pray. Let petitions and praises shape your worries into prayers. Letting God know your concerns. 
please pay attention to this verse because it says, let your petitions, which is what you're asking God to do, and your uh, and praises, which is all the good things God is doing, shape your worries into praises, letting God know your concerns. And before you know it, a sense of God's wholeness, everything coming together for good will come and settle you down. So what does this mean? This is telling you that when you are waiting, you have to be honest with God. There, you have to be brutally honest about what you're thinking. And I know that this is difficult, right? Because we want to just um, not pretend, but we feel like faith means we can't talk about the negativity or else we're giving it a voice and giving it power, but that isn't true. How are you ever going, if that, if that was true, how would you ever pray for a sickness without calling it by name for God to heal it, Right? And so be honest with God and don't hold anything back because the more we pray with honesty, the sooner that we were going to start our prayers start to shift from being prayers that make God the focus rather than our circumstances the focus, okay? And your prayers will change like, God, despite my circumstances, I will find reasons to praise you, amen? And that, and, and, or it could be, God, even when I feel disappointed, by what life brings, I'm going to trust you to bring good out of this bad, okay? And so, but you have to be honest and you cannot rush this process, okay? You're, you're going to have to process this pain, this anger, this resentment, the bitterness, all of it. And it's absolutely okay because you know who can take it? God can take it. Turn to your neighbor and say, God can take it. He can. It's part of the waiting, you know, uh, I said earlier, um, and sometimes as Christians, I don't think we realize it, but we have this toxic positivity where it's just like, I'm going to be okay. Everything's fine. We're going to make it. But you're really freaking out on the inside. Anybody else been there for, with? Okay, just me. All right, fine. Okay. But this toxic positivity doesn't ever give you the, the place to just be honest about the negative things that are going on. So if, if we were a little bit more honest, we would say, man, I'm really struggling, but I know God's going to help me through it. This but cancels out the negative thing that we just said, showing that we're going to hold on to God's hand through it all. Amen. Um, when you validate your feelings, when you validate these hard things that you're going through, it helps you flow through it. It helps, uh, it helps you move through them so that you can find the praises of what it is that you're going through. The second thing I want you to do while you're waiting is I want you to meditate while you wait. Verses 8 through 9 says, summing it all up, friends, I say you'll do best by filling your minds and meditating on things true, noble, reputable, authentic, compelling, gracious, the best, not the worst, the beautiful, not the ugly, things to praise, not things to curse. Ah, okay. Uh, put into practice what you learned from me, what you heard and saw and realized. Do that and God who makes everything work together will work you into his most excellent harmonies, right? Meditate on the word. Meditate. Surround yourself with the word. Everybody say the word. The word. Is, life. is life. I need it, need it. so that I can grow with it. So 
You see, he wants you, uh, so as you surround the word, you're going to find scriptures that are going to help you through it, okay? They're going to help you through the process of waiting and, and, and seeing God bring what it is that you're praying for. In John 10.10, 10, it says that he wants you to have life and that you would have life in abundance, right? We learn in the Bible that the thief only comes to steal, kill, and destroy. That's not God. That's the devil, right? Um, and it, then he says that I have come so that they may have life and have it in abundance. That's John 10.10. 10. Something else that the Bible says is that he cares for you. First Peter chapter 5 verse 7 says to turn all your worries over to him because he cares about you. You have to be in your word so that when the enemy starts to try to tell you he's not hearing you, he doesn't want you to have a good life, you're reminded and you can battle those things out in the spirit with the word. Say in the word, okay? And so uh, another thing that the Bible says in Matthew 6, 26, so maybe you're having a hard time um, finding good things that have happened within your life. But Matthew 6, 26 tells us to look at the birds of the air. They don't plant or gather crops. They don't put away crops in storerooms, but your father who is in heaven feeds them. Aren't you worth much more than they are? I love this. I see, um, I, I, I'm not a bird watcher by any means, but every time I see a sparrow, a little tiny bird, I'm reminded that if this little bird has its needs met, God wants my needs to be met too, right? Maybe you're looking out at the sunset and it's so beautiful and you're like, man, God, you painted that just for me. He painted it for you. He painted it for you. He painted it for me. When you can find the goodness in nature and you're having a hard time finding the goodness and how God has helped you through it in your own life, look to nature. You need to find what's true and noble. All the things that that scripture said and the only place to find them is within your word. If you can't find it in your life, yes, you have to find it in scripture where God makes it happen for others because the Bible also says that if he makes it happen for others, he's going to make it happen for me, right? So the third thing to do while you wait is to fast while you wait. Now, this isn't a race, right? I'm not talking about run fast, eat fast, okay? I didn't bring, I should have brought, you remember those shoes from Payless where you like pump them up? I had Payless shoes. I didn't have no Nikes growing up. Not that kind of fast, no, no. It's talking about, so spiritual fasting means to voluntarily reduce or eliminate intake of food or, for a specific time and purpose. These are spiritual fasting, okay? We're going to talk about it. Now, this is a deeper level within your faith, right? Fasting is such a, is such an important part of a Christian walk, uh, and we don't talk about it as often as, as and, and we're going to today, okay? So, um, Matthew chapter 17, verse 14, I'm going to tell you why fasting is important. It talks about how the disciples were trying uh, to heal a boy from epilepsy, the disciples. Jesus was still alive. Disciples were the people that were following him. They were his crew. There was 12 of them, okay? These 12 went and they, they saw Jesus do the miraculous. They saw his power. They got to talk to him all the time, not just during church services. They were his people. And they were trying to help this young boy and heal him from this epilepsy. But the Bible says in verse 14 that they couldn't do it. And then Jesus said in verse 17... Oh, faithless and perverse generation, how long shall I be with you? How long shall I bear with you? Bring the boy here to me. 
And Jesus rebuked the demon and it came out of him and the child was cured from that very hour. Then the disciples came to Jesus privately and said, why could we not cast it out? And so Jesus said to them, this is verse 20, because of your unbelief, for assuredly I say to you, if you have faith as small as a mustard seed, which is super tiny, you will say to this mountain, move from here to there, and it will move, and nothing will be impossible for you. And verse 21 says, however, this kind does not go out, this talking about healing and delivering of this young boy. These things do not go out except by prayer and fasting. Say that with me. Prayer and fasting. It's so important. Maybe in your waiting you feel like, hey, um, you just feel like you've been waiting for a very long time. And you can't, you can't take your focus off the circumstances and you're reading your Bible and you're praying every day and it still feels like you're still stuck in the dark clouds. Okay, everybody following me? You're stuck in this, in this hard time where you just can't see above it, you can't see through it, you can't, it just seems like you're just in this doom and gloom. This is the next step for you to do. It is to fast. Because, but before you fast... You need to read about it. You need to do some research. You need to figure out and ask God to help, ask the Holy Spirit to help guide you to what kind of fast to do. In the Bible, it gives us, it talks about 10 different types of fasts um, and, and how and what it does. Um, I found this great article. Um, actually, my friend Sylvia shared it with me a while back, and I've shared it with many people because it's true. One of the fasts, uh, ty- um, I think they're going to put it up so y'all can take a quick picture. I'm not going to go over it um, the entire time. But there's a disciples fast. This one is found in Matthew 17, 21. It talks about that this is for deliverance from sin, addiction, and bondage. Another type of fast, the second type, is the Ezra fast. This is found in Ezra 8, 21 through 23. This fast is for God's help in solving problems and for protection from Satan, okay? The third one is the Samuel fast. That's found in 1 Samuel chapter 7, verse 6. It's for revival. The fourth one is the Elijah fast. Am I going too fast? <laughs> I, just, I just heard what I said. Am I good? Okay. The fourth one is the Elijah fast. It's for mental freedom from emotional problems or habits, and that's found in 1 King chapter 19, 4 through 8. The widow's fast is the fifth one. That's found in 1 Kings chapter 17, verses 9 through 16. It's talking about uh, it helps you to provide for the needy. What's really awesome about this one is this widow, she went without food to meet the physical needs of someone else. And what she sacrificed, God made it happen for them. It's really powerful. I encourage you to read them. The sixth one is the Paul fast. That's found in Acts 9.9. It's and it's for physical healing and to get direction from God. Seven is John the Baptist fast. It's found in Luke chapter 1, verse 15. To, it's, it's to enhance our walk with God and witness. Uh, the eighth fast is the Esther fast. That's found in Esther 4.16 uh, and chapter 5, verse 2. It's for protection from the evil one. And... The ninth fast is the Jesus fast. It's for spiritual power and victory over temptation. And the tenth fast is the Daniel fast. 
The Daniel fast is found in Daniel's chapter 1, uh, verse 5 through 21, and chapter 10, verse 3. And it's fasting for health and to seek God's favor, purpose, and vision for life. These 10 things are found in your word, okay? These are talking about food. And yes, it's important for us to learn. What fasting does is it helps you control your flesh. Have you ever heard us talk about your flesh? Now, it's not just talking about the skin on you. But how many of you have been around little kids? And how many of you have ever seen them just always willing to share? right? They're so sweet and just so kind and they're playing with their favorite toy and then a little friend comes up and they're like, here, why don't you play with mine? No, that doesn't happen, right? (laughs) No, they're just like, no, this is mine, okay? And that is our natural way of being. Naturally, we are born in sin, right? Naturally, you have to teach a child to be kind, right? You don't have to teach them to be mean. Have you ever noticed where, do you, have, do you ever have to teach a kid, or let me ask you, do you teach a kid to lie or do they already tell you the truth? This is, this is not a true question. Okay, you don't have to teach them to lie, right? They do it naturally. I remember when Connor was this little boy, I saw him hit Caleb and like, like backhanded him. And I said, did you just hit him? He goes, no. I'm like, Connor, I just saw you hit him. He's like, I didn't do it. Uh Uh-uh. He was like three. I was like, what do you mean you didn't do it? I just saw you. And he was, he was, he was heck bent on making sure that he didn't confess to nothing. It's natural for us to lie. It's natural for us to do wrong. You have to train yourself, your flesh, your, your, your natural self to do what is right. Fasting helps you do that, okay? It helps crucify your flesh, not, not physically, but it helps you deny to yourself so that you can follow what God wants you to do. Fasting, simply put, is denying yourself in discipline. Yes, we've talked about some types of food and things that you can restrict from you, but it doesn't just have to be that. It could be social media. It could be screen time. It can be literally anything that has a lot of your attention. It must challenge you. And during that time, you pray and you read your word. You don't just fill it with something else. I remember the first time I fasted, um, Pastor Craig had called a corporate fast, meaning the church, to fast. And he had hours that people signed up to fast during that time. And during that hour, you wouldn't eat and you would take time to pray and you would read your word for a specific thing. I can't even remember what it was now. But I remember taking that time and sure enough, I picked like noon. Like, great. I'm hungry. (laughs) And I just went to my room and I turned on some worship music. I got in my word um, uh, and and just prayed. And that hour went by so fast. Do it in stages. I do not recommend anybody to just jump straight, you know, in. Sometimes as, as believers, as people, we're just like, ooh, let me do this, this, and this, and this, and this. How do I know? Like, every January 1st, we're all trying to have these, um, uh, what are they called? New Year's resolutions, right? And you're just like, I'm going to eat better. I'm going to go to the gym. I'm not going to eat sugar. I'm blah, 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 blah. And then what do we do by January 2nd? 
we were eating sugar, we didn't go to the gym, right? We try to do the most instead of just helping, instead of just doing things gradually to try to change, you know, the projection of our health. And so it's the same thing with our Christian walk. Take things in stages. Ask the Holy Spirit to guide you on what to do instead of just diving deep without having any information. It'll hurt you more than it'll help you. And so the fourth thing. Actually, before we start, uh, before I go for, on the fourth thing, I want to tell you that any time that you ask the Holy Spirit to give you direction, he will listen and he, and, and he will definitely talk to you every time. Sometimes your emotions may be louder than you can actually hear from the Holy Spirit. So I want you to find yourself in some time to take some deep breaths. I want you to um, focus on God, focus on your word, and asking the Holy Spirit in these quiet moments, not during triggered moments, not during trauma-induced you know, moments, but asking the Holy Spirit to give you direction. And I know he will, not just because that's what the word says, but because that's what my life has shown every time. The fourth thing to do while you wait is to be still and trust. Now, this is hard. This is a lot easier said than done. Because we, I mean, you may be thinking, you know, but Pastor Martha, you've always said that faith without works is dead. And I absolutely agree with that. There is a fine line between trying to control the hand of God and doing what God says to do in the moment. It is very fine. And if you, uh, if you do not check your heart and your motive on why you're doing what you're doing, you will cross that line over and over again. And what I have found is that when I find myself trying to control the hand of God is because I think God isn't listening or I'm afraid of what the outcome may be. And when we're afraid of what God is going to do, and, and feel like he's not going to take care of it the way that we want to. We've all been there, right? It will, it, will, it will limit you to trust God every time. If I just, uh, and, and the reason I know that is, is in evidence with things like this. If, you're, if your things are, if I just pray more. If I just go to church more. If I, um, uh, if I just do, if I just start serving then God will love me more. That should be a red flag that we're doing this in the wrong order. That should be where we're trying to control it and not allowing God to control it, okay? Um, if you're thinking, God, um, I want you to do it like this, right? You think that this is gonna be the best outcome. God, you're just gonna bring my son back to me. You're gonna restore that relationship. You're going to restore, you're gonna heal my body here. You're gonna just do it in a miracle and I don't have to go through chemo. Or God, you're just gonna heal things. You're just gonna provide for me. And you're trying to tell God how you want it. This is also a red flag because God, Jesus, the Holy Spirit is not a wish list. He is a God of nevertheless. When Jesus was in the garden of Yosemite, right before he was crucified, he was anxious and worried. The Bible says that he was sweating blood where he was so distraught. And in that moment, he, Jesus asked that he, he was talking to God and he said, hey, if you can make this cup pass me, that'd be great. This is the Martha, Martha Lations, <laughs> the Martha Lations version. <laughs> 
If you can like, if, if like we could just not do that, that'd be cool. But he says, nevertheless, let your will be done and not mine, right? He's a nevertheless kind of God. If you find yourself exhausting trying to heal in the waiting, you're probably performing faith and not having faith. When you do that, it causes burnout. There is not enough naps in the world to help you feel rested. There is not enough counseling in the world to help you feel like your mind is getting it together. There's not enough boundaries. There's not enough, nothing you can do that is going to help you if you're just performing it and not having it. Psalms 46 verse 10 says, be still and know that I am God. You have to trust God, church. Today I am imploring you, I am asking you to trust God, but you can't trust someone that you don't know. If you don't know how good God is, how would you ever trust him? I could tell you, but you gotta know it. I know Pastor Cliff real well, but if you don't have a relationship with Pastor Cliff, do you get to know him just through me? Parents that are here with your kids, you, teenagers, you have to know God for yourself because your parents have to know God for themselves. There's nothing that they can do to make sure that you just get it. You know, it has to be, it's an, he's an individual God. He wants a relationship with you, right? But you can't trust someone you don't know. In Psalms verse, uh, chapter 9, verse 10, it says, Those who know your name trust in you. For you, O Lord, do not abandon those who search for you. So we must build our trust. God is not going to abandon you when you're going through it, when you're waiting. Build your trust in getting to know Jesus. Uh, uh, earlier I talked about it, and I'll say it again. The fear of a negative outcome causes hesitation to truly trust God. I have an amazing daughter. Her name is Mariah. And I asked if I could talk about her and she said that I could. Um, Mariah is, she is only 15 years old and she has her daddy's genetics in her because she is an entrepreneur to her core. Okay. She's just like, I could sell, I could sell lemonade. I can, she's got this whole business plan. And what I love most about her is not only does she plan things, but she goes for it. And, when she, and she goes for it scared, right? She doesn't always have all her ducks in the row or, or feel like she has it you know, all figured out, but she does it scared and it blesses, it blesses my heart so much. There was one time that um, we were trying to get ready for uh, an event that she had going on. And it was the first time that she was doing something and I was trying to help her and she became so anxious. And while we were doing it, she just started, you know, having, she had a panic attack. And we went outside. I was like, come on. There's a little part of me that was getting mad because I'm like, girl, get over here. Let's do it. Okay. And I'm so glad that God isn't like that with us. Right. Um, but I just, I try to, I try to choke it down a little bit and I'm like, okay, take some deep breaths. Let's look at the trees, look, the, feel the breeze. Right. We're trying to ground, which is a good thing to do when you're having a panic attack. And I told her what she was getting frustrated about is this first time trying something, it wasn't perfect. And without it being perfect, she felt like she was going to be a failure at something. And I had to remind her in that moment. 
I said, have you not seen where God has brought you through? And, and maybe you were stressed out about this one business venture, and, and, but you went through it and you saw how God prospered it and God came through. And I told her, the first time, you're not supposed to get it right. It's not supposed to be perfect the first time or the 10th time or the 50th time. We are all learning. But what we get to know is in the mistakes that happen in the first, you learn from those and you go to the second. You'll make new mistakes and you just keep growing, but you don't give up, right? And um, I just told her, I told her to keep trying. And in that moment, God truly came in and intervened and we were able to go back in and we were able to keep trying. We ended up having a great time. We took all kinds of silly pictures and it was a fun time. But it's so true with, with us as well. You're not going to get it right the first time. You're not going to get it perfect. There's going to be times that you're going to doubt when you're trusting and trying to be still. There's going to be times where you're just like, God, where are you at? That's okay. You come back and you just say, God, I know that you're with me. I know that you're for me. You have to remember that if he had you in the past, he's going to have your future as well. Amen? Amen. It may not look like you want it to but God hasn't abandoned you. In 2 Peter chapter 3, verse 9, it says that the Lord is not slow to keep his promises. He's not slow in the way some people understand. Instead, he is patient with you. He doesn't want anyone to be destroyed. Instead, he wants all people to turn away from their sins. What I love most about, there's a song that we've seen in its scripture too, that after you've done all you can, you just stand. Paul writes about the armor of God and how it's essential in these moments of waiting. Ephesians chapter 6 verse 10, it says, Finally, let the Lord make you strong. Depend on his mighty power. Put on all of God's armor and then you can remain strong against the, de the devil's evil plans. Our fight is not against human beings. It is against the rulers and authorities and the powers of this dark world. It is against the spiritual forces of evil in the heavenly world. So put on all of God's armor. Evil days will come, but you will be able to stand up to anything. And after you've done everything you can, you will still be standing. Even when you can't tell if God is working, He's working. Trusting God releases the control we think we have and it gives God the power to make it all right. The Holy Spirit will give you direction. Do it. Be quick to obey. I want you to know today, church, that the presence of silence does not mean the absence of God. I hope you hear that because again, I'll say it again, the presence of silence does not mean the absence of God. He is for you. He hasn't forgotten about you. He hasn't forgotten about what you're wanting. He hasn't forgotten, he, he hasn't abandoned you. He is for you. Trusting God is knowing that on the other side of this, I will have a richer, more alive faith than I did before. So today God wants to tell you that it wasn't for nothing. It wasn't for nothing. It all has a purpose. That pain, that relationship, that business venture, the dream that was crushed, praying for your family, being the bigger person, trying again, God wants you to know that it wasn't for nothing.
I know that it hurts. I know that it takes courage. I know that confronting the pain is hard. That's also healing. Trying, not, not avoiding it anymore and, and, and paying attention to what it is, it does take courage. I want to invite you to stand to your feet with me today. So listen, we're talking about in the waiting. While you're waiting, what to do? We learned today that you need to pray while you wait. You need to meditate while you wait. You need to fast while you wait. And you need to be still and trust God while you wait. Listen, if you're having a hard time in the waiting, this is the place to be. Because here you're reminded of the goodness of God. Here is where you're going to find people that want to pray with you, that are saying, hey, I'm going to walk beside you. I'm going to be around you. No matter what it is that you're going through, I'm here for you. This is the place to be. God is with you. Jesus is for you. And the Holy Spirit is living within you. And Hope Alive Church is rooting for you because you can make it. You can keep trusting God while you're waiting. This is developing your faith. This is developing your walk with God. And so I want you to close your eyes. And I want you to think about that thing that it is that you're waiting God to do. Whether it be that relationship, whether it be an ailment within your body, whether it be what you see your future looking like, these things and these dreams that God has given you, they're not in vain. This whole, anything it is that you're asking God for, I want you to close your eyes and imagine it coming to pass. That's your faith and activation. And you say, Pastor Martha, how will I ever get there? I don't know, but God does. How is that ever attainable? It is because God won't abandon you. How am I supposed to keep living while I'm waiting and feeling this hurt? Baby, we got your back and we're here for you and we're supporting you. So I wanna invite our prayer team to come as we pray today. Father God, you see the hurt and you see the pain and you see the good and you see the hard. But Father, I ask that today you remind each and every one of us that you are for us. And in the moments where we feel like you're quiet, God, remind us today that you are in our midst that you haven't forsaken us, that you uh, haven't abandoned us, and that you are for us. Thank you so much for listening. If you want to stay up to date, be sure to follow us on all social media platforms or visit us online at myhopealive.church.